Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. Just rock into the All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I am your host, Damon Pistolka, and I cannot contain my excitement because I am speaking today with none other than Dr. Jean Ausler, the results queen. We're going to be talking about caveman brain. We're going to be talking about unlocking business growth potential. Dr. Jean, thanks for being here today. Oh, Damien, thank you so much. I'm super excited. I'm like already grooving to the music and I'm raising yeah. the house. So let's let's get going. Love let's this. Let's do this. Let's do this. So, Dr. Jean, we always like to start out the show the same because we really want to understand how you got into helping people unlock their business growth potential. What was it that started out, how you started out, and then how you got here? Oh, <laughs> I've always have believed in getting an outcome. And I've always believed in getting results. I was raised that way. Um, and I was also raised that you are here to help others. We, mm -hmm. we serve others. So in growing up in that mentality, uh, I have um, used those two things to work with lots of business owners to unlock their potential. And I think this is really the fun thing. So when I started in corporate America, um, I eventually created my own job and I was doing um, uh, 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 new employee orientation. And I always wanted mm -hmm. to learn about the new people. And then I always wanted to help them grow. And once I, and I, and I always could see things different from an HR point of view, I could always see things different or differently than other people could. So I was always finding the differentness for people. So if you saw it this way, I would give you a total opposite viewpoint. And mm -hmm. I thought that was super fascinating. And people were like, I never thought of things like that. And I could never... I, define that like I always thought to myself how do you define that unique ability to do it but I can see things that other people can't to help people be much more successful and uh, once I see that I feel the need to make it happen and mm -hmm. that's how I got to where I am today sort of speak so using my two unique feelings from my childhood I built a wonderful career and business in helping business owners unlock their potential Nice. Nice. So you, you really, I mean, you, you prepared for this though, cause you've got, you've got a doctor in psychology. Is that it? A PhD in business, PhD in business psychology. I can't even say it. Right. That's how, that's how. <laughs> yes. I have a PhD in business psychology. So once I created my own job in human resources, I, and again, it was really to help people and the potential. So I was a frontline worker 
Um, the sister-in-law, I was working in a family-owned business. The sister-in-law was doing comps and, and benefits, but no one was helping anyone to find people or train them. Or yeah. And I thought there's a way to make this happen. So I, I created a 50-page presentation deck. Each idea on one page with a return on investment sold it, so to speak, to the president of the company. He said to me, I'll give you six months. If it doesn't work, you can go back to your job. And I got a master's degree in organizational development and used that to really grow an organization. And we literally did everything. We did a corporate university. I mean, like everything that you can imagine. Wow. Yep. And then I wanted to um, get a PhD because I thought it'd be really cool, again, to help people with the potential. It took me a little while to do that. I had children in between. And then mm -hmm. I decided to go back to school and I got my PhD in business psychology. It was just a bucket list thing that I've always wanted to do. And uh, it, it, you can't get any better than uh, having a PhD. It's, uh, it's a really, it ch it's changed my life and I would recommend anyone to do it. But it, and it allows you to see things again from different points of view that, to unlock potential that most people never see. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have a PhD in business psychology. I am your therapist that you tell me everything and then I help you figure out how to fix it. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, because you're, you're speaking about perspective and I think perspective is so important and it's, and it's one of the things that you can help uh, as an outside person coming into many businesses is that different viewpoint. As you said, it, it's it's so critical because we're oftentimes in business so in, engulfed in everything right in front of us trying to get this thing done that we can't step back and look at it from maybe even a completely different perspective out in the world. That And that's awesome that you're able to do that and that you were able to get a PhD in business psychology to help other people. That's incredible. Yeah, and I think the other thing to really think about when you're thinking about other people's perspectives is that everyone can be, everyone can be right. In yes. business, everyone can be right. And everyone's there to help the company grow. And if you can all get on the same page that we all can be right and we can all, and we're all here to help the company, it, the, you align people around those two things and, and your company will take off. Yeah. You know, many years ago, <laughs> When I read the seven habits of highly effective people, there's always one thing that's ever it's forever stuck in my mind is that third alternative. And when you talk about everyone being right, I think of that because there are so many times we look at someone, you look at something, I look at someone, I say, no, it's this, no, it's that. But really that that other alternative is out there where everyone is right. And those are the solutions that just they're just killer that that. It incorporates all the good things and and really uh, negates a lot of the possibilities and the bad. So oh, yeah. good stuff, good stuff. So PhD in business psychology, you come up with something called the caveman brain. I mean, I just don't see those two things kind of lining up, but you know. So so what what really brought you to the point that you're like hey, I want to figure out this thing and then I want to name it. So <laughs> what? I want to go back to the situation where you said, I got this problem and yeah. I need to figure it out. So let's go there. Well, so I've been a business owner for a long period of time. And it's also one of the reasons why I think I'm a very good at my job is because I am a business owner. So I know what business owners go through every single day. 
And one period of time, I was not doing very well. I was not growing. I was not selling. I was not leading. I was not, I was not, I was not, I was just, I was not. Not. <laughs> I was not, right? And as business owners, I think we all hit that ceiling of, and I was not. So I truly believe in coaching. I've had a, 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 my own coach since I have opened up my company. I've had different coaches along the way. So I thought to myself, I'm going to hire a coach to help me. And I had already had a coach. So I'm like, so I'm going to hire a second coach to help me. And then I hired a third coach to help me. And then I hired a fourth coach to help me. So I had four coaches at the same time helping me with my, I'm not doing so well. One of them happened to be a Harvard business, um, Harvard's business neuro, uh, neuroscientist. And it was Dr. Bach. And Dr. Bach and I had some very interesting conversations because he's like, there's nothing wrong with your skill set and there's nothing wrong with your tool set. The reality is, is that there's something wrong with your brain and it's wrong with your mindset. And I was like, really? And he's like, yes. So we talked a lot about what's called the amygdala uh, and that that's uh, an almond shaped part of your brain sits at the back. People call it lizard brain. Um, and it's the, the idea that the whole responsibility, like its whole job is to make sure that you don't die. So mm -hmm. it constantly scans the horizon looking for danger, only knows what it sees and what it hears. And based on that, it floods your body with chemicals to make you either fight, flight, or freeze. So I was frozen, which is why I wasn't, I wasn't nodding, you know, like I was, I was frozen. And once I learned from Dr. Bach about the amygdala and what was impacting me, and we talked about how to unlock it because uh, Dr. Bach has created a whole program to change behavior by changing uh, the neurological pathways in your brain. And I thought, this is super awesome. The challenge is I can't say amygdala. I have dyslexia and I also have ADHD. So between those two things, amygdala all the time is really, it's hard. And I, yeah. so I thought, I'm just going to call it the caveman brain. And so I just got caveman brain and, and I would go around to my, you know, my family heard about caveman brain. My friends heard about caveman brain. My clients would hear about caveman brain. They would ask me about it. I would teach them yeah. what was going on because I truly believe that what I learn, I should teach. The next thing you know, it was like, can you teach caveman brain to my company? Uh, you know, like, how does that impact me as a leader? How does that impact me as in sales? How does that impact me in management? So, uh, you know, now I have caveman brain business growth system because I developed caveman brain. And once, uh, literally this morning, I was doing a presentation about how urgency is killing your business, all because of how we think in our brain. And the fact is that once you understand your caveman brain and how it is either helping you or hurting you, you can then harness that to propel yourself forward. And that's how caveman brain came to be. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So yeah. out of a problem and your four coaches... <laughs> yeah yeah dr bach helped you figure out the uh the caveman brain syndrome so yeah as you've been going down the road now helping people understand their caveman brains mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you see that that are really aha moments for people when they when they when you start to talk to them about this and so, so let's, let's start talking about leadership. I mean, cause we're going to talk about a few different areas of business. Cause you brought it up. You said leadership sales and, and even personal life. So 
let's let's talk about leadership. Where do you see the caveman brain where people go, aha, I see this in, in how it's affecting my leadership? So if I may, I would like to give the premise of caveman brain so that how it expands everywhere. And once you understand these four places, then you'll understand in leadership and sales and personal life, if I may. Nice. So caveman brain actually comes from four places. It comes from your childhood. It comes from your parents. It comes from your culture. And it comes from your life experience. So when you realize those four places, and that's where all of your caveman brain comes from, then you can start to figure out how those four areas are impacting what you're doing today. So for example, I get a lot of this. Um, I brought home a task to my parents, mom, dad, both, whatever that might be. And I got a 97 and they asked me where the other three points were. In fact, they're always asking, oh, they were always asking me where the other three points were. So, and now fast forward as a leader, right? You're saying to your staff, where's the other three points? And they're thinking to themselves, I worked to 97%. That's pretty freaking good. Don't you think you should say something good to me and give me some positive feedback? And meanwhile, I'm smacking you on the nose because you're yeah. missing three points. Yeah. Right? Great so example. That, uh, that often, ha and when I say that to people, people are like, oh, I have that. Or my older yeah. brother had that. Like, I can, I can relate to that, right? So parents um, have, a, have a thing. I, culture, so I often talk about myself because I'm a Protestant. So I grew up in um, Protestant work ethic. And when I say that to Protestants, they're like, oh, I know what that means, which is basically uh, idle hands, devil's heart, meaning that if you're not busy all the time, something bad, you're going to do something bad. Mm -hmm. Well, the challenge, and again, we'll go with leadership, is that if you're working yourself to death, so to speak, um, your brain becomes tired. We have burnout. Your brain actually needs time to recover, to rest and recover. And we can do that in a variety of ways. I know that, Damon, you and I talked about you taking these long walks with the tied out with the puppy. Like that's allowing your brain to rest. And if you look at elite athletes, elite athletes don't keep going forever. They take time to rest and recover. We don't do that in work. We just keep going, 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 going. And if you don't rest and recover, then eventually stress, burnout, perma stress, things like that happen. So the fact is that for me, once I learned that I could not be idle hands, devil's heart anymore, that it was okay to rest. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. okay. And I, and I said this to you, I, I went and saw movies, you know, all day that it was okay to sit and do that. It was a different way of thinking than how I had brought, been brought up. So again, yeah. in thinking about leadership, if are you making your people like, I, I just, this oh such a good example. So today in the speech that I was giving, one of the leaders raised their hand and he says, why can't my people just do one more thing before they walk out the door? And I'm like, really? That was it. Devil, Three I, points I, right there. Right, idle hands, devil's heart, right? Like they just need to be working a little bit harder, <laughs> right? Just, now that could be the three points, but it also could be like, they're just not working hard enough. Yeah. Like, why yeah. can't they work a little harder? Like they, they accomplished everything. That was great. But could they just work a little harder? Okay. <laughs> so yeah. again, and, and if we aren't aware of caveman brain and how it shows up, because a lot of this just seems very typical in our workplace, then um, our people, we, we, we just, it holds us back from being successful. Yeah. So that's, 
So that's, that's, I can give you, do you want the other two? Are you, are you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's cool. So, um, so, uh, so I talked about childhood. So I have a client who talks about the fact that um, she felt that she was fat as a kid. So, and that people bullied her as a kid around her fatness. So, and when, so now when she walks into a room as a salesperson, she always feels that people are judging her and how she looks before she even opens her mouth in the sale. Hmm. Right. So imagine how that all interacts when you walk into the room of a fortune 500 company to, you know, the, the CEO and they're like, Hey, I'm here to pitch a product to you. And you're wor- worried about how people are judging you. And that yeah. comes from your childhood. So again, something to work and get through. <laughs> Right. This one is this one I feel the saddest about. And this is a, one, another one of our clients is a, a financial advisor. And he tells me this story and it's from his life experiences. So he said, Gene, my parents made me cl- play the clarinet. Have you ever played the clarinet? I said, no. He goes, it's like sucking on a wooden spoon. Well, I kind of think about, ooh, that's icky. And, yeah. Right. Can you imagine what that looks like? So he said, so in high school, I rebelled, threw away my clarinet and I went out for baseball because I really liked baseball. And he said, and all my friends were playing baseball. My best friend was the first base per- baseman. So I thought it'd be really cool to be on the team with him. So, but what happened was, is that I was so good at baseball that the coach replaced my best friend with me on the, on first base. And he's like, and I was super happy and my best friend was not. And he said, and I started to realize that this was really impacting our relationship. So he said, so I started to make mistakes and make errors on purpose. Um, And eventually the coach replaced me with my best friend. But the problem was, is that my best friend and the rest of my friends decide not to be my friends anymore. So he said, when I go through life, I am usually really good. Like I'm the best one in the room. But then I make sure that I'm dumbing it down or making mistakes or or doing things that people don't see because I want to make sure that everyone still likes me. And he's lived his whole life that way. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just so when you think about where things come from, parents, childhood, culture, life experiences, that's a life experience that he's been living with that. Imagine if he hadn't done that and how much more successful he could be or how much happier he could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's too bad. That's too yeah. bad. There's a lot of missed life there. Yeah. Right. And so when you talk about unlocking the potential, you know, how much life are you missing because your caveman brain is controlling how you think and, and making you react in a certain way when it may not even be real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing, the one thing when you talk about, when you talk about life and talk about childhood and parents and culture and everything, I, I, you know, I've got a couple of years on me, but you, you get, you get, you get to a certain point and you realize that a, there's, there's no way I'm going to be perfect. Right. I'm just not going to be, I'm just going to be that. And you look back at your life and you realize that your parents, which we grow up thinking, you know, our, our parents just don't make mistakes. Right. But you look back at your parents and then you think about how they grew up and their, their families and everything. And you see this, how you turned out in some respects, the way you did, like, like some of these descriptions, these situations you've described. And you really begin to think as, as you're talking about now with going through the, the things with the caveman brain here is 
to me almost the earlier we can figure these things out in our lives, the better off we're gonna be. <laughs> I, I had a colleague who said to me, Show me a 20-year-old or 30-year-old who has a coach, and I will show you someone who's so successful they're off the charts. Because yeah. most people don't hire a coach until their 40s or 50s or 60s. Yeah. To myself, oh, okay. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Because we just think when we're young, we think we know it all and we know that we're doing and we don't really need help. And I, I do myself and yeah, I can do it and show it to you. But the reality is, is that the more help you ask for, it's not a bad thing. Uh, the more viewpoints you see, the more successful you'll be. So why not help hire a coach? And I always talk about like, pick your favorite athlete and how old are they? And have they had a coach? And they probably have four or five. Mm -hmm. right, to do their job really well. Why can't you have four or five? Yeah. And whatever that might be, maybe it's not a coach, maybe it's a therapist or it's a, an accountability partner or a mastermind group. But the more that you invest in learning and growing, the more successful you will be. And Bill Gates reads three hours a day, for goodness sakes. I realize yeah. he's Gates, but he's still reading three hours. There's research that says most people don't pick up a book after they leave school. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, so it yeah, that's that's a, and myself personally. I I did that in the middle part of my career. We didn't read hardly anything, and then you then you start reading again. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> Where was my brain? It was just parked someplace. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it's I I tell this to people is that I read a tremendous amount, and I read what I read in People magazine. I can put with a Harvard Business Review article and come up with something brilliant for my company or for my clients. It can come from anywhere. Yes. I've got lots of great ideas reading People Magazine. I'm like, oh, well, we, we should do that. Nice. So, nice. Uh -huh. Yeah, there's so, there, I mean, because life's life. I mean, we're all going to have, and, and different aspects are all there. And, and they all play together. That's the other thing that, that it's, it's, well, you've shown it and talking about childhood and life and culture and all the things that happen. And we, we, for many years, many, many, many years thought in business, well, you can leave, leave your personal life at home and it just doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't. And I think, especially with the pandemic and generation Z coming in, um, a holistic approach to your life has become really the way of being. And uh, you, it's, it's funny, again, I was talking in the speech today. Um, I, I said, in terms of generations, baby boomers and Xers will say this to me at the end of the, of the uh, program. And they'll say, like, I give you a nine. You'll rate the, the speech and they'll say, I'll give you a nine. And I'm like, oh, great. Tell me why. And then they'll say, because there's always room for improvement. Oh, okay. Sounds good. And then if I give to millennials and generation Z, I'm like, so how would you rate the presentation? They're like, it was a 10. It was awesome. Keep going. You're amazing. You'd like, and it's almost from their point of view is that if I don't give you a 10, you won't be motivated to do more. So I have to give you a 10 to motivate you. And think about just the caveman brain around that so that you have leaders who are saying, you know, you're a nine and you have workers who are saying, What? I don't want to be a nine. I want to be a 10. And if you give me a 10, I'm going to keep moving forward. And the leader says, no, I'm going to give you a nine because there's always room for improvement. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. It's a great example too, you know, and, and, and again, we're not talking about the, the Gen Zers 
or the Gen Xers or the baby boomers. I mean, we're not, we're all trying to, to achieve the same things. Right. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about the generational differences is how the baby boomers and Gen Xers were taught to look at things compared to the millennials and Gen Zs, because it is, you, you in that little bit described a lot of our leadership problems in business. Yes, absolutely. And we as, and I, and I truly believe that we as leaders, especially with the pandemic, we need to pivot. And, you know, no offense to Jamie Dimon, but when Jamie Dimon was like everybody back in the office, when we have had two years of being successful in this holistic life approach, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for working remotely. I'm a big advocate for hybrid working. I'm not a big advocate to put people back into the office five days a week for a variety of reasons. And if you don't like it, you know, like I, I get it. I'm happy to have the conversation, but I'm just not a big advocate. And I think it's because we don't teach leaders how to lead people. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some, I, I think you hundred percent with you on, yeah, there's some things you've got to be there. I mean, you can't physically do things virtually right and that's until we figure that out but the you hit the nail on the head is some leaders are so antsy to go back to the way it was when they don't realize that there were a lot of good things that we figured out yeah there are a lot of good things that we figured out because when you think about it, i think of it strategically from a business owner's perspective if i have people that can work virtually and they I say they have to be hybrid, right? Or we, it, or it's much better if they're hybrid. Well, that's cool. I can, they still have to be within the region of, of relatively close to where we we're going to be, you know, where offices are. But if you can work virtually and I can figure out how to get that interaction with the virtual audience and the virtual people working together, get the teamwork, everything you can from the same, my goodness, it opens possibilities. Yeah, it does. Because, because if I can hire the best developer in the world for my SaaS company that is happy living in Cody, Wyoming, and I hired somebody else that's in Austin, Texas, and somebody else that's in Nashville, and we all figure out how to work together, and they're happier where they live than if I need to move them to San Francisco, where they all don't get paid enough money to live like they want to that, you know, all the kind of things that you run into that kind of thing. How much better is that for you? So so I've been running a virtual company for 10 years. I figured all mm -hmm. of that out and I've thought about developing a leadership program to teach people how to do that. I just, I haven't gotten to it yet, but the fact is Damon, you are spot on. It's just the, to me. And even if you like in person, I get it. This is 80%. You know, this mm -hmm. is not talking on the phone. This is 80%. 80% is 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 a B. It's good enough in my B yeah. in my B mentality. Yeah. Right. And uh when the pandemic helped, we're like, yeah, everyone's you know reached out back to us, has finally made it up to us because virtual it to me is a wonderful world to live in. And hybrid, I get it. Most people want to do that. I'm good with that. But going back to work full time doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. From financial, from a psychological, from employment, it doesn't make any sense other than I have a building that I need to fill. Okay. Go do something different with the building. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, when you look at, well, here, I live, I live north of Seattle, right? So if someone from where I live 
works in downtown Seattle. I am 15 miles away from downtown Seattle. That is at least a one-hour commute mm -hmm. each way. That's two hours a day, every mm -hmm. single day. That's 10 hours a week at a minimum because there's going to be days it's going to be a two-hour instead of a one-hour. But how much fresher is your, is your person that if they're set up right, ready to go, you've done the things leadership-wise, how much better are they for you if they only do that maybe a couple times a week? Maybe it's three days. Maybe it's one day. Maybe they don't, you know, every month, whatever there's right cadence, but they don't have to deal with that. Yeah, I, I just look at the mental toll. I did it. I, 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 I had a commute up here younger in my career that was to the south side of Seattle. And it was anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours one way, twice down and back. I, I would get hotel rooms just because I didn't want to do it that much. Um, and I'm just fortunate to be able to do the hotel room thing, right? But the grind that it took on me physically and mentally you you just you you're on thursday and you're like i just don't even want to think about this <laughs> i miss i missed all my kids stuff this week and uh oh it's gonna rain so i know the traffic's gonna be bad tonight or whatever you know and and we look at this and we go we learned a wonderful thing and i'm getting off topic and i'll stop shortly but i just think <laughs> you bring up such a good point because it's we're we gotta look at what's best for us Mm -hmm. What's best for us? I think, and, and on the other part of the leadership thing is, I think there are different things that we should be worrying about if people are going to work remotely, because I think now it comes down to, is Damon a good person to be working remotely? I don't mean my character traits and the way I work and things like that. There's some things we need to check out, but don't throw it out the door. I would agree with that hundred percent. I'm right there. And if, if you want any of your listeners want to call me up and have a conversation about it, good, bad, ugly, I'm all in. I'm all in for like pro. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to end up being on the hybrid, uh, full virtual all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, back to the caveman brain now. <laughs> oh yeah. I, that. <laughs> I love the caveman brain. I just love the, I love the way the words. I love to say it. So, you know, when you're helping companies and, and leaders go through this, what are some of the the challenges you see across the board with self-awareness? Oh, <laughs> notice what I was. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, oh. I'm going there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. So most people are not uh, very. It's a, most people are not very self-aware. A most people are living inside their head and most people's caveman brains are making up stories about things that just aren't real. And then they're living those stories in a way that makes it real. And rather than making it about them, imagine if you made it about everybody else, how much better everything would be because caveman brain wouldn't be obsessing about whatever we obsess about in our head that has to play what I call a hell loop. Like it just goes around and around and around and around. So we have, um, you know, I always think to myself, it's very important to do all the self-assessment that you can to learn about you. Um, and there's nothing wrong with inviting feedback. You know, what do you think? Just because they think that you're a jerk and you think you're fabulous doesn't mean that you can't change and modify your behavior for that person and still be true to yourself. Uh, a lot of times the reason why, like we use um, 
Clifton Strength Finders, that's the assessment we love the most because your strengths become your weaknesses. And if you don't realize that, that, it, the, it, that it's and self-aware around it, then you're in trouble, which is one of the reasons why my clients love caveman brain so much because now they get to say, that's a caveman brain. Dr. Jean, I got caveman brain. I'm caveman braining. So caveman brain has become this adjective, adverb, noun, uh, uh, adverb, <laughs> action word, verb. So it, it's mm -hmm. funny how people use it because once they start to realize what caveman brain is and where it's showing up and how it's showing up and they have a name to it. And what's really fascinating is my accountability partner at the time was like, you can't call it caveman brain because it's just the symptom. But it's really also the solution because when you become self-aware and know where to go, and how to get to the outcome that you want to get to, then feel like you can use all your self-awareness to be amazing. Yeah. And be even more amazing. Yeah. You you said awesome stuff all the way through there. And I enjoying the heck out of it. And I, I'm sure this, I don't want to say a couple things. First of all, unique, great to have you again. He's eating the food of the brain. Good stuff. <laughs> Deanna. She's got, got a superb reflection. So thanks. Thanks for the comments, everyone. Uh, you said something about the hell loop or what <laughs> the hell yeah, loop. What, yeah. the hell loop. And I was reading about this last week and it was talking about that. And I was thinking about how much our brains, you talk about the amygdala, amygdala, I can't say it, the caveman brain. Yeah, I go. It's a lot easier to say. A lot easier to say. Yeah, a lot easier to say. How the caveman brain does that, it tricks us. Our caveman yep. brain thinks it's, oh, this big old ugly thing is going to happen. It is not even close to reality. Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. Not even close. And the reason why it does that is to, it has one job and one job only to ensure that you don't die. That's it. So it has to make up stories to, to make sure that you don't do those things. The things that may never even happen. And yet I got to know what will happen if I do X or Y or Z. All right, let's play it out. You know, we call that decision tree questioning in my, in my company. So yes, no, I don't know. So you can figure out all the little pathways for your caveman brain and then play it forward. But for the most part, most things that people dream up don't ever really come true. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I have to be prepared just in case it happens. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's 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 amazing when you think about that. And when you when you translate that into business, mm -hmm. it turns into a, this cycle that you just can't you can't, some leaders just can't you just can't get out of. Right. They, they can't, and, and no offense if you are one of these, but I had a colleague when we used to do a lot of work in Fortune 500 companies and he'd be like, there's Chuckles the Clown. And everyone has a Chuckles the Clown in their organization. And as, that lead, as a leader, I will urge you to always constantly grow, read, do, learn, explore, self-examine, self because that's the only way you become a, a, a greater leader and not to be Chuckles the Clown. Mm -hmm. Yep, good and stuff. And all of us have one. Unfortunately, unfortunately, all of us have a chuckles the clown. Yes, yes. So. I think we have chuckles the clown in life too. <laughs> Probably, but you know, we were talking about leadership, so I we are to, talking about leadership. I want yes. to keep it on leadership. So there you yes, go. yes. Well, so as as you're teaching people about the caveman brain, what are some of the things that that you hear them come back and and say about? how their life changed, their business changed, 
Oh, like, well, yeah. yeah, that's that's the best part about my job is yeah. the number one thing that people come back and tell me about is that they've gained so much more confidence. So they're more confident as a business developer. They're more confident as a leader. Uh, they're more confident as a business owner. And confidence translate into so many interesting things when you're more confident. That is, that is absolutely the number one thing we, we hear. Because caveman brain also creates a lot of fears. Uh, and, and one of the biggest fears, believe it or not, is fear of success. And you think, wow, that seems so odd that we all want to be so, so much successful. And yet we have a fear of being success. Because if we are successful, all these things could happen to us. We could have more work, right? We could have people telling us that we have too much money, right? So there's a lot of things. And so for our clients, most of them don't have fear of failure or fear of missing out. They have fear of success. And when they learn how to minimize it, because you never can eliminate it, you can only minimize it, they become more confident, which then translates into more success. And they're able to handle that success, regardless of what would happen what they're thinking about in the past. And that to me is just the most glorious thing ever. So that's the number one thing that happens when you work on your caveman brain. Nice. And that's great because as we're talking about today, and as you talk about unlocking, you know, business growth potential, confidence is everything. Confidence mm -hmm. is everything. And what we talked about before, the 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 fears just chip away at that confidence, chip away at your your confidence in this is the right solution for you to a potential customer. You should select us because of we're, we're better than the other comp, you know, the other choices because of this, it just chips away at all those little things. Our team is good enough to do this. Well, maybe, you know, just chips away at all that. So that confidence is what really, really makes it, makes it happen. Awesome. And the other thing, Damien, that people say to us is that I've, t I've calmed the brain and the, the voice inside my head. So many of us have this voice inside our head that isn't always very nice to us. <laughs> and when you learn about caveman brain, you can say, thank you so much, caveman brain, for giving me those thoughts because I know you want to protect me. And notice I'm saying it out loud. So my caveman brain goes, okay. And then you say, and, and not, but, and, cause but negates everything you said beforehand. So, and, and we're going to do this instead. And caveman brain goes, okay. <laughs> cause remember, <laughs> it only knows what it sees and what it hears. And it wants to make sure that you don't die. So like, for example, when you buy a, a car and it's blue, all you do is see blue cars all the time. And that's because caveman brain is reinforcing that you did the right thing. You, you were smart. You, you, you're not going to die because you bought a blue car. So when you talk to your brain and say to your brain, thank you for this nasty thought that you've given me, because really all you're doing is protecting me. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to do this instead. Caveman brain goes, okay. Because it, it's like it, whatever you want it to do, as long as you can give it the right thoughts, it will then act on that because it only knows what it sees and what it hears. So if you watch a lot of it, so it's interesting. Uh, I Before I came on, I, I the news came on and I very rarely watch the news. I read it, but I don't watch it and I don't watch it because it upsets me. And I think to myself, like I was just watching just a couple minutes could just happen to flip on from the show that I, and I was like, oh. And then I thought, I have to go on and meet Damien. I can't have all this negative energy bouncing around in my, you know, like, what are we doing? So what we consume 
you know, whether it's reading or watching or listening, um, is super important for your caveman brain because if you're consuming things that are super negative, you're going to think super negatively. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that people, the calming of that voice, the taming of that voice to make you a propeller, not to derailer is a great thing that happens too. Well, yeah. And I mean, and, and in some professions, it's almost looked at positively if you're one of those warriors or one of those people that does that. And it, and it's, you know, A, it's not sustainable, but it's just not the best way to be when you can't disengage from it. Yes. And so what I say to my clients, uh, I say to them, do you want to live in the drama circle? Like if that's what you want to do, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no good or bad. There just is. And if you want to live in the drama circle, like that's fine. Just know that you're living in the drama circle and don't complain about it because that's the choice you made. Right. So like my mom's a warrior. Great. I got to give you something to worry about. Awesome. Do you want to be a warrior? A warrior? Fabulous. I have a client who was like, who we, we diagnosed her as her being a wobbler. She's like, I'm a wobbler. I'm like, yes, you wobble all the time. Is that how you want to live? No. Well, then change it. Or I like it. It, it, it soothes me. It makes me feel good. Great. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's Again, there's no good or bad where caveman brain is concerned. It's just is. is. You make it good or bad, depending on what you want to do with it. This is awesome. So great to get to talk to you, uh, Dr. Gene, because, it, it, you know, we all suffer from caveman brain in, yes. in certain aspects of our life, certain degrees of, of applicability. Um, so for, for people that, that are sitting here going, wow, I need some help with my caveman brain. What's the best way to get a hold of you? So believe it or not, and this is going to sound really simple, just go to cavemanbrain.com. That's all it is. Um, my mission in life is to leave you better than I found you. So I often, I, so I say this is that if you want to send me an email and ask me a question, it's gene at cavemanbrain.com. Everything's caveman brain in my life because caveman brain made a huge difference for me. And the reality is, is that don't be a stranger, ask a question, you know, like come to our website, download some free tools, take, watch our webinars, take our course, you know, sign up for coaching, whatever it might be. It's all there. Um, we know there are people who want to DIY it. We know there are people who just want to jump in head first. Either way is fine. Our mission is to leave you better than we found you. That is our true calling in life. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I just, it, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Dr. Jean. And uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> so people, if, if you didn't hear that, talk, check out. Dr. Gene Ausler, the results queen, cavemanbrain.com. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for sharing your insights on the caveman brain and how people can really unlock that growth potential. We, I, I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will be back again later this week, but I don't know how we're going to top this one. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for being here. Hang out with a minute, a minute with me, Dr. Gene, and we'll talk.